On this episode of the AIE Podcast... The Nomads are official. Another officer in the hot seat. Meetups all over the place. We've got the Blizzard buzz. And we chat with Captain Hunter and Radosato about AIE in Star Trek Online. All that and more coming up right now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the AIE Podcast, episode 176 of the Die Has Been Podcast. Broadcasting from beautiful Northern California, this is Gomez Hey Hey Party People. And joining me from only a quarter of the state away, she's back, is Aludra. Hey, AIE, I think you're awesome. And coming to us from central Alabama is Accuzod. Greetings, this is Accuzod. So yay, the gang's all here. We're all back. Yay. Everyone's reasonably healthy. I, I, Happy New Year. I still kind of, yeah, exactly. Happy New Year. I still have the sniffles a little bit, but I'm I'm Aww. like, well, I'm over it. Like, I'm, I feel fine. It's just, you know, a minor annoyance that just keeps lingering. But Zod, what has been going on with you? Actually, no, we're going to start with Aludra because she wasn't here last week. So. Oh. So you have two weeks. Three weeks. I know, two weeks. Week. What's been going on? Well, I beat Borderlands 2, the main story. I know, I know. I'm almost there. I'm I'm literally about to go into the place where the AI is. Like, I just beat the big flying robot thing that flies around. Okay, I know where you're at. And I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm almost there with you. I'm almost there with you. Yeah, Yeah, so I started on the pirate expansion. Oh, okay. Yes. Yar, which was awesome. And let me see, my raid team's finally raiding again because we Ooh. took the holidays off, all of them. And yes, so raiding, woo! And we were just doing flex modes and getting back into our groove thing. Um, but mostly I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy, which I totally missed my chance to talk about, but I had no voice, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it would have been very quiet anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and I can't like sign language. Uh, yeah, that that wouldn't have worked out very very long term no, for me. No, it wouldn't have. Yeah, at all, at all. But I had a great holiday, and I missed doing the show a lot. You were missed. I'm so happy to be back. Yes, so you, happy to be back. You were certainly missed. I know, I know. You had like an awesome show. I listened, and I'm I'm a little sad. I missed it just a little. Wait, wait. But... You listened to the show? Yes. <laughs> when I'm not on it, I listen. I, I listen to it kind of as I'm editing, but I only really listen to the ones that I'm not on because I kind of listen to it <laughs> exactly. all the way through when I'm doing editing. So I don't really need to listen to it again, you know, sitting at work. But the ones that I'm not on, I certainly listen to. I got to make sure you guys are, you know, keeping up our high quality standards that we've got here. <laughs> I don't well, even listen me, to it while like, we're doing it. <laughs> are they doing a better show without me? And, and last week you guys totally did. And I, I was like, oh. I blame Jasmine for that. I don't Aww. have Zod and Jasmine I have nothing awesome. to do with Jasmine that. That was totally awesome. Jasmine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Her okay, so it'll be so the Jasmine allowance. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about you, Zod? What have you been up to? Uh, playing a lot of Borderlands 2. I'm not caught up to where you guys are. I just started Chapter 12. I got to the point where I've uh, got um, a little robot dude who's named just Claptrap. out of my head. Claptrap. I got his upgrade, and I'm I'm right. I got the uh, oh, you're the, close the then. Fake. The fake, um, wow, I can't remember any of their names. The the Happy Jack dude. Handsome Jack. 
Handsome Jack, I just killed his double, and I got that part ready, so I'm about ready to jump in and begin the three challenges. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, other than that, you know, other than being able to do the, pod, the podcast again last week, which was awesome, I raided with Furt right after that, and we got down General Nazgrim, which is the first time I've beaten Wing 2. So Wing nice. 2 is down, and we're heading on to Wing 3 uh, here in just a couple hours, which will be awesome. Well, actually, no, I guess That's it's awesome. starting over, aren't we? Yeah, we're starting over because it's Thursday, so we'll start Wing 2 over again. Other than that, and just taking a break from working nonstop, which is nice. Although uh, the project I, I spent so much time on last month went so well, they want me to do even more. So I've got much more time uh, coming up. But in, yes, in the, the deadline is the end of the year, so. and he's starting now. Yes. He's not starting he's in starting October, now. which is why we yeah. lost him for about two months. So. No, I started in December. It was a oh, two-month okay. project I started in December. It had to be done by the end of December. So yeah. I was put in the serious overtime. But I'm salary, which means I get to work all night. Nobody cares. Oh, um, that's... How about you, Gomez? What have you been up to? Well, I worked way too late last night, so I'm a little punchy today. But uh, but <laughs> I'm doing good. And you've got um, that super drink. Oh yes, I have my I have my such drink that uh, that I greatly appreciate. Um, so I uh, I beat uh, Torchlight Two. We we made it through the, the, the first game, and so we're now doing New Game Plus. Uh, we det- we found like I didn't know, and I guess they add stuff into New Game Plus to make it not the exact same game the second time through. There's a dungeon that apparently every wave of monsters you kill will spawn a treasure chest and you can keep going. But if you die, all of the treasure chests go away. So you can, you can totally do the super let it ride thing. If you're really confident in your abilities, I think we made it through about two waves and then died. So we like lost all the treasures, but it's a thing you can do as many times as you want. So anytime, you know, it's like, Oh, we just went up another three levels. We'll try the dungeon again. And I think there are 10 or 11 waves. So, and everything is level a hundred in there and we're only level like 68 or 69 or something. So it's, it, I'm pleased that they added that amount of content for, I didn't, I, I figured it would kind of be done once you hit, you know, the end of the game, but no, they actually did add stuff into new game plus. So, uh, that's, that's been a lot of fun. Cool. I've almost hit the end. I, it sounds like I'm really close to the end of Borderlands 2. I, I don't think the game can really be spoiled. I think it's just, it's Borderlands 2. So I've, I've been having it's a lot awesome. of fun with that. Um, the, I, the sniper I'm still having a great time with. It's just, it's like, Hey, I'm going to sit back and I have a, a, what is it? The, the purple stuff that you shoot on people that I can't remember the name of. Slag. Slag. Yes. So I have a slag sniper rifle, which does like 600 points of damage. So I could just sit back and just like annihilate people, which is, which is great fun. Don't do this in real life, kids. Like, no, stay away from guns, stay in school. Don't do drugs, all of that stuff. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. My sniper rifle is corrosive. There's nothing better. Oh no, the corrosive ones are (laughs) good too. Yeah. Yeah. So no, but I've having a lot of fun with, uh, with, it's funny because I haven't even bought any of the expansions yet, but I figure I should have looked during the Steam sale now that I think about it. Um, I'm sure there was like, hey, you can get all the expansion packs for 10 bucks. And I I should have done that. But it's not like there won't be another Steam sale. So I'm, you know, I will just put that game away for a while after I beat it. And then once, once, you know, a Steam sale comes up, I will pick up the expansions again. So. And Kazrick, yes, you do need to go buy it. Mm-hmm. Yes. A, no, no, no. It's a, it's a fantastic game, and I a friend gifted it to me, which was really nice. Um, but it's I mean, it's worth if, if you can get it for like fifteen or twenty dollars. It's a really good game. It's just whatever it's, oh, whatever yeah. it costs. It's it's worth. Oh. The money. you will get your your money out of it at any price. Zod, Zod did you see during the Steam sale that Skyrim was only seven dollars? 
<laughs> seven. I saw it at fifteen, but I was like, oh. it was seven dollars. Oh, I missed the seven dollar one. Darn it. Oh, yes. and, and also, um, so speaking of Skyrim, I have found I might have mentioned this on last show, but I found I really found the way that I enjoy playing Skyrim sitting on my couch and watching a friend play it because it's just there's way too much stuff to just because if I bought that as a single player game and sat on my computer, you can literally play that game forever. It does not yeah. end. So well, no, no, no. It's probably in of of um, Ladies of the Leech. She has proved that wrong. She's beaten it. And how many hours did she put into that game? I have game? no exactly. idea. Exactly. So to me, with the <laughs> amount of with the amount of time I have to play games, it is an infinite sized game. Like I cannot reach <laughs> the end of that game. So it's really fun though. It's just instead of watching a movie, we'll sit down and like I will watch and play Skyrim for a couple hours, and that's completely enjoyable. Like we can chat during it and all that other stuff. So it's way more of a social thing, and I'm you know thoroughly enjoying that. And he got the game for me for Christmas. He's like, oh, I found it used. And so that was nice. It was like 20 bucks or something. So we're playing it on nice. PlayStation 3. But yeah, see, I'm afraid to get into Skyrim because I know it's, it sounds like the kind of game that's awesome to suck up all my time. And oh, between, yeah. uh, you know, EverQuest Next is coming out, and I cannot wait for that. I'm really excited. I really want to get into the, that Heroes game from uh, Blizzard, the, their little uh, PvP battle game, the League mm-hmm. of Legends takeoff. So between those two, I've got to finish Borderlands 2 first before those come out because those two and WoW are going to take up all my time. So yeah, Skyrim's going to have to wait. That's a, that's a thing. That's absolutely a thing. So, uh, Captain, we, we have not heard from you in a while. We're pleased to have you here. What has been going on with you in the outside of Star Trek? We're going to get to that later. Real but what, life. What's been going on with you in real life or other games? Other games are fine. In Do real you life, play uh, Borderlands 2? <laughs> no, actually, I don't play Borderlands 2. Out. I have been Get sucked. out. Right <laughs> I, you know what, though? I have I have that. I have Stanley Parable, XCOM, Bioshock Infinite, oh. Left 4 Dead 2. Oh. All these games that are sitting there, and I'm going... To, and when taxes come, I'm oh. going to buy a machine that can play the game. Oh, that's fair. Totally so have fair. have you played the Stanley Parable? Uh, oh, no, I haven't haven't played it yet. I, I saw that on the Steam sale, and I was watching the videos for it, and I just can't wrap my head around the game. I wanted to play it, but again, not enough time. Yeah, and that's something that, you know, uh, I might twitch or something, and maybe even, like, Left for Dead 2, because well, Stanley Parable, it doesn't seem so scary. It's more of a just exploration game, but Left for Dead 2, um, uh, some of the other scary games, like, I'm terrible with, like, scary games. Oh, the, the, the jump scare? sort of I'll stuff start, yeah <laughs> i'll start the game and it's like okay i have a flashlight oh crap there's batteries they're going down um i'm looking around and then like i'll turn and i'll see a doorway and like a little girl will run by and they're like okay screw this i'm shutting everything down <laughs> yeah, no more. Like, i'm gone nope 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 so so pretty much i might you know twitch something like that where you like just you can watch me uh have a terrible time. I also I was looking at uh, DayZ. I have some friends playing it, and they're really intriguing me to kind of go in there and try that out sometime. But all my game time lately has been taken up with Hearthstone. So I've been playing oh, okay. a lot of Hearthstone, and my daughter has gone from sitting on my lap, my 8-year-old daughter, from sitting on my lap and cheerleading me to now she's cultivating her own deck, and oh, wow. she's winning. So <laughs> if you're in Hearthstone, you may have lost to an 8-year-old girl. <laughs> at some point. So that And is, is anyone surprised by this? No. no. Will be the answer to that. <laughs> and she's actually she actually unlocked Warrior for me. You have to play nice. each of the race. You have to play each one. And I could not beat Warrior and she made a mage deck and beat Warrior for me. I'm like, thank you, honey, for opening that up. You get me. an extra fifty cents in your allowance this week. <laughs> thank you, honey. 
Uh, doing very good. So cool. So uh, Radozato is also here to talk to us about Star Trek Online. Sometimes he's here to talk about Secret Worlds, sometimes Star Trek Online. This week is Star Trek Online. Radozato, what has been going on with you? Well, a lot of that's classified because as an agent of Section 31, you know, we got to <laughs> keep um, secrets, you know, because we don't want things to fall into the hands of the uh, Klingon Defense Force or some of the unsavory people associated with the Romulan Republic. Oh, I mean, my. They say they're good, but we don't know for sure. We're trying to figure that out. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay. Well... I guess uh, given everything he's been doing is classified, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to move into AIE news. AIE news. All right, are you a member of AIE who plays a ton of different MMOs? And yes, that's an oxymoron. You are probably not alone. A group has started up that we've mentioned in the past, but we've, they're starting to get the ball rolling and a lot more. A section of forums has now been set aside for the group called AIE Nomads. Check it out and see if it's something you want to join in on. And in case you don't know what AIE Nomads is, it's a, for that group of people who just like to wander from game to game and then give this a try for a while, play a little bit, then jump in and try this game. You know, it's not dedicated community in one game. It's a community that rows from game to game to game, hence the name AIE Nomads. And I know for uh, our fleet in Star Trek Online, we'd be glad to host it. I think uh, they're talking month by month, choosing a different game, and you know, hop, let them hop in, try it out for a month, give them stuff, let them you know play with it for a bit, and then. And it's the great because probably... there are so many free to play games now that oh, yeah. this is a viable thing that people can actually do if they can't devote a ton of time into one MMO. This is a good alternative. Yeah. Oh, well, super fun is they have a Twitter account. So oh, they nice! Announce what I will have to follow that one. <laughs> yeah. It's a great one. They, they, they were like, we're doing this. I'm like, I'm me. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yep, so they're really big in announcing what they're going to do. Emperor Palpatine has decreed from up on high <laughs> that another of his army be put up for interrogation. This time, the poor soul is droge. Droge? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I keep wanting to say doge. Because, you know, Droog? that's an internet thing. D-Rogue! Ah, D-Rogue. Drogi. Drogi, yeah. See, see, there's just so many ways to say this. That is my question. How do you say your name? You should post that. I'm going there to. There you go. If they ask me anything, AIE edition. Yes. Now, surely there's something all you want to know from this this member with the difficult name, he who must be named difficultly. Keep it clean, folks. These are family-friendly forums. Go to the forums. They're family-friendly. Yeah. Did we mention that we have some forums? Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Go to the forums. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the Ask a Guildy, uh, the Emperor is asking for, we'll call them volunteers for information collection. So unless you're a Bothan, it should be completely harmless. There should be no one harmed. Uh, you can sign up on the forums to be on the list for an Ask a Swotor Guilty thread. So if you if you are feeling that you, you know, want to be asked random questions by AIE folks, sign on up and you will be slotted in, I am sure. Mm -hmm. right. Now, a question on that. Do you have to actually be playing Swotor to participate or do you have to just be an AIE but 
willing to well, chit chat with Well, it's Ashka Swotor. Well, but you, you know so. what? Post ask Dark Emperor Palpatine. I'm sure he can figure something out. Like it's, yeah. it, we we could turn this into. We can maybe ask him if we can just make it ask a uh, AIE guildy. And then in which case it can be open up to everyone. For a while we were doing it with mm-hmm. officers, but I think we ran out of officers. So I mm-hmm. think they just took it upon themselves to to have. Uh, so, yeah, post post in the thread. It is in the show notes. But where on the Internet could I ask him <laughs> on the forums? Oh, my God. <laughs> are they family friendly? <laughs> they are family friendly forums. Oh, good. Good. They are. Right. We so will basically be... AIE AMA. <laughs> yeah. It is the AIE AMA. So we'll be having quite a few meetups coming up in the great state of California. The AIE gang out in Pasadena will be celebrating the new year with a meetup at Lucky Baldwin's on Saturday, January 18th. The San Francisco crew will be holding a winter raid on Harry's Hofbrau in San Jose on January 25th. And the great and wonderful Belfast is looking to put together a gathering at a Rocky Horror Picture Show screening in Los Angeles on February 22nd. And that is going to be awesome. I'm sure because I love Rocky Horror. Of course, not to be the outdone. The man you're about to see has no neck. <laughs> <laughs> and not to be outdone, the Washington, D.C. group on the other side of the continent will be holding a meeting at the Awesome Con in February, on February, excuse me, at Awesome Con on February 18th. So if you're anywhere near those meetups, you're going to RSVP on the AIEmeetup.com site and join in on the fun. So I I don't even know what it is, but I now have to follow this thread to find out what Awesome Con is because normally it's awesome. Well, normally it's, it's like <laughs> con names or some some sort of pun for like what what is going to happen at said con. I have no idea what's going to happen at hey, Awesome Con. No. So no. No, I'm pretty offended because people are always telling me how awesome I am, and I'm not invited. I'm sure you are. Have you checked? You might be invited. It's just in D.C., so that might that's on you to get there. Yeah. Now, dude, if they they sent me an invitation, I'd find a way to get there. Blizzard has been abuzz with the changes that are coming in Warlords of Draenor. Among them, changes in crowd control. Laura in the Proud forums people. has been talking. Yes, CC. You know that stuff that we should use but don't. <laughs> <laughs> Laura in the forums That's has been talking right. about. <laughs> Probably. That's one of them. That's yeah. <laughs> Sheep. Penguin. Bunny. Has been talking about the proposed changes coming to crowd control. What they like, what they don't, and there's some buzz about the removal of some of it. Yeah. Bye bye. Oh, not away, are they? <laughs> I have no idea. They're, they're just saying, hey, we like how this is working, we don't like how this is working, and we're thinking of removing crowd control, which kind of makes sense because I only no sheep. No uses it. Yeah. <laughs> My I think rogues main... use it. I, I can't remember the last time I sheeped anybody. I, I think the I... last time I used it was Wrath of the Lich King. I, I seriously yeah, think that maybe. was the last time that I, I hexed anyone was Wrath of the Lich King, so <laughs> it's been a while. I I do it. I do it in raids now to throw my raid team off. <laughs> Why is that bat now a sheep? <laughs> it's a <Yes>. pet. <laughs> it is a pet. Okay. So now, speaking... if you want to find out more and see where this is heading, head on over to the Blizzard forums, which aren't our forums, because our forums are family friendly and the Blizzard ones are not. No, so, much no, not. they're not. <laughs> much not. They're barely human friendly. <laughs> 
<laughs> and speaking of Blizzard, for all of you who are who are betting about the date of the Warlords of Draenor release, you might have to adjust your time frame. There is a new PvP season planned between now and next expansion's release. Uh, Halinka, Halinka on Twitter announced the news on the 7th, but there seems to be no further details yet. So if there's another PvP season, that means it's going to be a few months. Mm-hmm. At least. So we don't like to shield too many things on here, but uh, so a fr- like someone that I worked with uh, started a company, and I've mentioned this game once before. If you are a CCG or deck builder, he his company is at about twenty seven thousand of thirty thousand, and they have three days left. Uh, the game is called War of Omens, and if you contribute more than ten bucks to the Kickstarter, uh, they will give you a beta key immediately. All you need to do is say hey. I I would like a beta key, and they will give it to you immediately. So if you are interested in this sort of thing at all, uh, check it out. I would really like to see this game funded just because, you know, he's he was a really nice guy when he worked with me, and so I would like to see his, uh, his project uh, succeed. But uh, three days to go, so just wanted to give that a mention. Well, if Gomez likes him, I'm willing to contribute $10 and one cent. Well, I mean, Ooh. and you can get a beta key, and then you can decide uh, how much you like the game. They they would love you to talk about it as much as you want in your private blog. They or on your blog, they would they would absolutely love that. <laughs> your private blog, that's not much. Yeah, private blog. Nobody ever reads my blog. <laughs> so, uh, with that, uh, I think we can bring out the two gentlemen here who are here to talk about the Star Trek Online. Uh, what has been going on with you guys? There's apparently a lot of stuff happening in this game in the past couple months. Previously on Star Trek Online, we left <laughs> off with the Romulan Republic establishing a new homeworld on Dewa 3, now being called New Romulus. After thwarting the schemes of the Tal Shiar, our adventurous captain learns of a great secret and possibly the reason of Dewa 3's desertion, an Iconian gateway. And now, the continuation of Star Trek Online. I'm sorry, you oh. needed way more reverb in your voice. Next time on Star Previously on Star well, Trek. I, I can't do the, the, the lady's voice who usually does it. So. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> like in a world gone wild. <laughs> so uh, before reactivating the gateway, uh, Ambassador Worf, I think we talked about him earlier, uh, is asked by the Klingon Defense Force to oversee the project. Um He's had uh, previous experience with the Iconian Gateway, and I think it was Next Generation episode Contagion. Uh, an earthquake yep. shakes the chamber and forces everyone to make a kind of a do-or-die decision. They have to jump in, uh, flee into the Gateway before being crushed. On the other side, your captain learns of plans for the Iconians, that they, what they have for the Alpha Quadrant, what they're planning to do, as well as their hand in a number of other events. So after reactivating the gate near the Jorat system, there's some Alachi forces, and they arrive while piloting an ancient obelisk-class carrier. And this thing is huge. It's a big, big, huge carrier. Uh, the captain is aided by the flagships of the three major factions, the Enterprise for uh, uh, Federation, the Liset, which is the Romulan uh, flagship, and the Bortask, which is the Klingon flagship. And it kind of gives you a um, – piling the obelisk kind of gives you a, a feel for the new ship that they've uh, added to the game. It also gives you a rough – feel for the change they did to um, what's it, not escorts, uh, cruisers mm-hmm. um, that's happened since last we were on the show. But pretty much cruisers behave like paladins where they have an aura that buffs everyone around them. Oh, nice. So it also yeah. encourages okay. everyone to kind of stick together. Mm-hmm. Are they bubble hearth? <laughs> so <laughs> that actually, would be awesome. I had, so. I had a question regarding that. So aren't, I mean, I it's been a while since I played, but aren't there like area effect weapons that you're not going to want to sit in close proximity with each other? There are. 
Um, especially there are gravity wells and things like that. Yeah, that can kind of pull your ships in. So it's kind of a yeah. I guess it is a bit of a uh, payoff. You have to make a decision mm-hmm. whether or not they yeah. they're, they're, they're going to use those sort of weapons against you. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yep, definitely. Though gravity wells kind of force you all to cluster up. So it's well, yeah. <laughs> but if you're extremely far away, then yeah, it's not going to force you all to gather together. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not exactly sure if the if there's an overlap of like how close you have to be with your fleet as opposed to like some of the AOE uh, weapons. So I think you can be. F- a fairly good distance away, you know, within about five to 10 K, you know, zipping around uh, doing stuff without being too close. Okay. My understanding, and I'm not an expert on this because don't pilot these. And I haven't run into many people who seem to be very hinged on this. Mm. Um, my understanding is the, the radius is you got to be within 10 kilometers. So normal combat engagement distance. So mm-hmm. it's, it's loose enough so that most AOEs won't grab everyone if they're at max range from each other, or at least if they target, um, if they pop a gravity well on the, um, the cruiser, it's not mm-hmm. going to grab everyone into it. That's yeah. Okay. Cause you can still be, you can still be in the outside 10 K range, you know, of that, the main carrier. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. If it's not 10 K, it's five K, which is oh, then 5K. you're in, then you are in threat of that. Now yes. does the cruiser go forward? Yes, Aludra's piloting it. It will also if go backwards. To. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, yes, I am. I am always going to remember my oh, first trip man. into Star Trek because I could not fly. I did not realize I was flying backwards because I had never seen this ship before. And so then I was flying and I was going the whole time. This is taking forever. This is not. Fun. This is a weird <laughs> spaceship. The engines are in the front and it goes slow. Well, I'll, 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 also, did you not actually notice that when you went warp, it went in the other direction? I no, went warp. <laughs> well, it might have done the it might have done the the movie version where it's like you know, you know, engage. It's like no, no, no. Oh no! I love that part. You must tell them. It was it was just no. It was a tutorial mode, and it was just like ah, this is not fun. And then later, I. My controls were inverted somehow, and uh, so then I hit the other button, and it went zoom forward. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's moving! It's so fast!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yes, but I will always remember that, <laughs> and I will never look down. And you know what? I deserve it because I let the story well, spread. It's <laughs> not that you flew backwards; it's you flew backwards, and then you told us, which is why you will yeah, never yeah, live exactly. it down. <laughs> I let the story spread, see, yes. so it's all my fault. <laughs> well, it serves as a warning. <laughs> yeah, always check your control schemes, kids. Always check your control schemes. Even if it says it's normal, it might not be. Stay in school, check your controls. Uh, and uh, Star Trek Online recently added the Dyson Sphere, and I haven't gotten a chance to really go in and check it out yet, but I think rado has been in there to uh, check it out. The new, uh, It's kind of a new zone for us. Cool. Yep, per- very much so. Um, but yeah, the the latest content, which is the you know the Dyson Sphere, as mentioned, um, in order to even go there, you have to complete the mission called Sphere of Influence, which is where you get to meet um, uh, Ambassador Worf. Which you've in previous content you could have met him before, but this is him being brought back out. Plus, Michael Dorn comes oh. back to do voice work. Well, for thank him. goodness, oh, nice. because yeah. if they had Worf and it Warf. wasn't Michael Dorn, that I think there would have been uh, an uprising of some sort. <laughs> and he's older yeah, but, with the gray hair and everything. And oh, kind of like nice. A, oh, yeah. 
Um, but pretty much, so you've got a complete sphere of influence, which sets everything up on here. Uh, we we learn pretty quick that um, the Voth. Now the thing is with a Dyson sphere, many of you have taken certain classes in high school or college or paid attention when you read certain books. Um, Dyson sphere. The idea behind it is it's a way to maximize and capture all the power that comes from a star and harness it for you know for whatever is going on. Because with a normal planet, it's only getting a small sliver of a fraction of the power of, of the star that it orbits. Whereas a Dyson sphere gets all of it. Oh, and that um, could be dangerous, I would imagine. Yeah, and it's basically a large sphere that en that encompasses a star. So basically, it's surrounding the star and gathering all the energy that the star. Oh, gives. okay. So I could throw one around like Nathan Fillion and just yes. like power my house for a year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. But what we find out when you when we get into there because a Dyson sphere is massive because you think a planet's pretty massive. It's like oh, this is pretty big. Mm -hmm. Dyson sphere dwarfs the sort the surface of any planet by by magnitudes. Mm -hmm. um, so, but anyhow, the section that the Federation, the Klingons, and the Romulans are able to get to, because the the gateway that they find um, <clears throat> uh, links to a certain section. Well, when they get there, they find out that the Voth are also there. And if some of you have watched uh, Voyager, where the Voth are introduced, these are pretty mm -hmm. much they're kind of aliens, but they originated from Earth. They're the dinosaurs, theoretically. Dinosaurs so. in space. <laughs> Harness the power. Dino <laughs> riders. Oh, man. You know what? I'd actually like cartoon. to see a dinosaur flying through space. That'd be yes. pretty cool. Oh, it, it's pretty much that. Like, But the thing is about the Voth is they are so ancient because if you look at the timeline relative to Earth, the dinosaurs are so many, you know, millions of years old. It's like, okay, they've had that much more time to work on stuff. So as we, we so as we've T -Rex seen on the, has on the his arm problem. Or did um, <laughs> actually, uh, yes, the T Rex is a mini boss. There's T -Rex, There's three T Rex mini bosses you have to deal yeah, but, with on the planet. But with this this arm thing, did they did they adjust for him, or does he have like little claw grabbers? So now he has an extended range of motion, or it's, uh, he cares it's, not. It's, he cares not for the limitations of his arms because he's got lasers. <laughs> oh, it's well, dinosaurs with freaking lasers in their arms. <laughs> pretty much. That is that is pretty awesome. Okay. Pew pew. But anyhow, so on this particular section, the Voth are there also, and the Voth are claiming a lot of their dogma about you know we you know this is ours because we've been around forever, evidently. Mm -hmm. So you know we're reclaiming what we initially had at some point, many. And I guess I guess they're the natural extension. If dinosaurs hadn't gone extinct on Earth, they would have evolved yeah. as they would have evolved. So they were able to basically go and evolve in another place, in another part of the in space, and become what they the were going to be. Free zone, got yes, it. Yes, yes. No meteors here. <laughs> but what starts happening as you progress through the storyline at the at the Dyson Sphere at the, at the combat zone that you're at? Is there's another member of the Voth who's who keeps asking questions, but a lot of people say no, don't ask questions, just do this job. And he's like, well, I've got some valid points. Like for example, who was here before, and why did they leave this intact Dyson sphere? <laughs> you know, which is a you know, as soon as that's asked, it's like, um, yeah, that's a very good question. Why did they leave? Because right now the the Klingons and the Federation are like, dude, this would be if we can harness all this, we have all this extra power, and we can you know bring it through the the gate through our alliance with the Romulans, and we'll just crush the other side. Well, the Federation's more of the we'll be able to suppress the Klingons so they can come back to the negotiation table. Right. Klingons it, are more so of the, we will have a we will have a bigger boot. 
that we yeah. can threaten them with. Yes, that is the yep. very Federation way. We're not actually going to fire Pretty. anything, but <laughs> it's like we, but we have we, it. We, but we could <laughs> rather not fire. But if they have to, this they is a can. massive boot. Exactly. Whereas the the Klingons is more of the if you can't defend it, it's not really yours now, is it? (laughs) (laughs) So, but what you find out in the Dyson sphere is it's generating omega particles. Now, again, referencing back to Voyager, we find out the existence of omega particles. But pretty much, it's the existence of these particles. Theoretically, a single molecule could power an entire planet for a long, long time. The drawback, however, about this massively powerful particle is that the ability to use the warp drive is removed and canceled for anything around it. And so if one molecule can do so much negation, imagine what countless molecules of Oh, so in other words, it's like, oh, your planet's being powered, but now you have a warp scrambler for like, you know, 200,000 miles around your planet. Pretty much. Okay. Mm -hmm. That, so that becomes the, a problem when you're doing interstellar or space travel. I I would imagine. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it pretty much it it shut, if you are a, a, a interstellar if you're a warp uh, society, you're pretty much shut down from doing anything if that you know if that say for example if that's around all the stuff that you're working with it pretty much locks you right down. You'd probably be down to what the Bajorans originally used to get to Cardassia, the solar sails. Yep. Um, and that's pretty much what's going on there. Yeah. But not all is doom and gloom for everyone. Uh, for everyone's favorite omnipotent being has decided he wants to share in our quaint human celebration of Christmas. <sighs> Please tell me it's not Q. <laughs> it is Q. Oh, he's back with his <laughs> no, winter it's wonderland. Don't you watch My Little Pony? <laughs> Yay, Discord! <laughs> uh, so uh, he says your attendance is mandatory and your consent is not required. <laughs> Um, but this year, a new section has been added to the winter vent. Uh, so typically before, you you can beam down to, to Q's Winter Wonderland, go see him on uh, Starbase, talk to him a little bit. Maybe he'll send you down. Maybe he'll turn you into something. Or, But usually he'll send you down. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> who knows what he, what he feels like. So you end up going down there and... Uh, you can, you know, you can run an ice race. You can, you know, have throw snowballs. And uh, every, I think it's every half an hour or so, there's um, kind of like the Dark Iron Dwarves for Brewfest. Every half hour or so, the snowmen come alive, attack you. You kill about 150 snowmen in the zone, and the big giant master snowman comes up, and you basically all have to gather together. It's like a mini boss raid. You know, cool. knock him down and gain some some you know, trinkets and stuff. You can spend these to buy a scarf, winter jacket, um, epos, which are like little rabbits, that sort of thing. So there's lots of stuff to do. On your ship. Yes, there's pets. There's pets there. I, I'm so, still super <laughs> amused that it's like your away team can now have jaunty scarves. It's wonderful. Like, <laughs> <Hey>. What? <laughs> Would you like some galoshes? <laughs> hey, we got to we got to uh, what was it during the uh, summer event? We got to go to Risa and dress in like shorts and you know mm. uh, clam diggers and sandals and <laughs> run around and stuff. Very I was like, true. Hey, yeah, hey, Star Trek does like these time. these sort of hey, remember the Pleasure Planet episodes? We're bringing those back. Like here's <laughs> some weird fun. thing you wouldn't expect to, <laughs> to see in a sci-fi show. So that's you know, great I, that they're. I have, I have a holodeck. I can have a Winter Wonderland anytime I want. Oh, but yeah, you don't have a jaunty scarf. Use Winter Wonderland. Yeah, but no jaunty scarf. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you can see uh, Rado's there on the planet there running a little ice uh, run. So, uh, But they added a new section this year. 
and it's basically a gingerbread-themed ground mission map. So it's a gingerbread village with little gingerbread men. The lovely thing is, and I don't, I'm not sure they got the actual person to do the voice, but whoever does the voice of the gingerbread man does a spot-on Shrek gingerbread man. Hi, welcome oh. to Holiday Wonderland. It's probably oh the same guy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, spot on. Like, oh, this is awesome. And he kind of tells you, you know, go out there and save the... So basically, snowmen are attacking the gingerbread man. You go in and save the gingerbread man. It's almost the same uh, one of the fleet ground missions where you kind of run through this town and basically save the ambassadors from whoever's invading. You know, run a little maze, run the gauntlet, get to the end. And I guess instead of the... Oh, the uh, Mugato that you fight in the main mission, this one they've replaced him with uh, an Arctic uh, <laughs> creature who looks a lot like the Humble Bumble from the Rankin-Bass Christmas specials. Oh, oh nice. Wow. He's got the big mouth and the big eyes and everything. Does so he bounce? <laughs> he, I'm not sure he bounces, but he does give <laughs> treats. So he can uh, get treats and stuff. So this year was very nice, uh, and our fleet actually ended up uh, earning enough Trinkets and treats and sleigh bells and, you know, uh, Batarat incense and Bajoran sleigh bells and stuff to earn the 2013 Christmas ornament that is now sitting in our starbase. So oh, it's nice. a giant, <laughs> it's a giant green ship that hangs up, says 2013 on it. You can go over to the console, toggle it on or off. It's, you know, so not everybody has to see it if they don't want to, but it's a big kind of like a holographic uh, ship that hangs in the center of our uh, lobby and floats around has a big 2013 across it. Very nice. If you're Congratulations watching my screen right now, oh, above yeah. my head is the ornament. There it is. I mean, this isn't the the starbase view, but it's for people who want to know what it looks like before committing to it. This is mm -hmm. what the ornament looks like. It looks a little yeah. better in the off in the in the fleet base because the background's a little, you know, it's a little more dark contrast. You mm -hmm. can actually see the ornament a little better. And actually, I think this year's ornament is much better than the 2012. They also tend to be Breen ships because Breen are the uh, the very cold-based race, very frozen. So it's kind of like their little winter wonderland that they're helping out with. But last year's, uh, that sort of hole in the center of the star base, you can kind of look down and see all the shuttles going below. That's where last year's sat, the 2012. Big, giant, you know, podium sitting there with a big ship on top of it. And I was like, wow, this thing is really huge. <laughs> I have to run around it to get places. It's kind of a bit of a pain. Uh, so this one is nice. It hangs up there. You can toggle it on or off individually, so it's kind of nice. And I think it looks pretty good. I'm looking forward to getting uh, 2014s and see, uh, see what we get there. So uh, unfortunately, I just looked up, and uh, it is not the same voice actor. So oh, unless oh, he's God. uncredited. He mm -hmm. could completely but be uncredited in the, in the Star Trek game. But I looked up his IMDb thing, and uh, Star Trek Online is not listed. So oh, well, that's... whoever they got, if they, if they could get a, you know, not my gumdrop buttons, if they could get that out of him, I'd be like, you're a monster. <laughs> But the other thing that happened with the winter <laughs> area is they added a whole bunch of voice work all over the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Like before, so it was all silent. Aside mm -hmm. from, well, the, the snowmans, they go, Raw. <laughs> that's about it. But now it's like there's the talking and saying things. Mm -hmm. so like you got Yeah, there's a Ferengi. There's a, he's here. barking his wares. Yep. The yeah, Frankie barking his wares. He'll go like, you know, we're making a tasty treat because you, you get these recipes as rewards for helping the gingerbread men. And they have a pie eating contest, so they're they're you know hawking that over there. There's the Epo trader. Oh, the other you thing have is a too gingerbread 
man eating contest? <laughs> no. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> that. That would be How kind of scary. How could you even suggest such a thing? <laughs> You're a monster. Eating... You're a monster. They uh they do have the um but another thing is too you can buy snow based weapons so when you're fighting these snowmen and when you're doing these missions. You can't use your regular phasers and blasters and, and proton beams. You have to use, like, snowball launchers. You can either pick up snowballs and throw them one at a time or spend a couple trinkets and get a snowball gun that either – they have a snowball mortar, which will sit in one spot and just dump huge – it looks like almost like a portable snowblower. <laughs> wow. They have you know, fast-firing snowball guns. They have shock, snowball shotguns. And the great thing is is the, the snowmen are kind of spread out all over the zone. You kind of know where they are, but there's these. When I first got there, when I first visited, there's like whole like a phalanx of snowmen way off in the corner somewhere, and I was like, "This is kind of weird. This is like a Calvin and Hobbes kind of thing over here. What you know, like like a snowman army." And there's one on the other side, and I realized, "Oh, this is like this is the place to go if you want to knock out 150 snowmen. Come to this spot, take out about 30 or 40 right here. Go to the other spot, take out another group." So, but they also they will throw snowballs at you. They freeze you. They attack you. They're very uh. Very violent. They have Klingon snowmen with little wooden batlists. They have uh, they have little uh, Vulcan snowmen with little oh, ears and stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, I do have to say, like Star Trek has definitely when they do a theme, they are gonna do it as much oh. as they possibly can. Like they're gonna Star Trek <laughs> Christmas or Star Trek Winter as much as any game is able to do so. So I have to give them props for that, that they have yeah. a sense of humor about their own property. That's some, yeah. some companies don't have that, but they, they seem to certainly have that. Yeah. For the, for oh. the event, the little fun winter events and summer events stuff, they definitely kick out, you know, some of the, the fun stuff. Okay. And uh, so how is the fleet doing in general? The fleet is doing pretty good. It was a, a slow kind of a holiday season. I think, you know, as we know, for free-to-play games, you can kind of wander off and come back and stuff. But I tend to play weird late hours and all that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, last year, um, the fleet was only founded less than a year ago. We have about 113 members, and we have a Tier 3 star base. We have um, a Tier 1 embassy, you know, almost a Tier 2 embassy that the lithium mines being worked on. We've completed every special project. So basically it's, you know, any of the fun stuff, like, Cool couches and aquariums and all the weird stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. We ended up spending about sixty thousand fleet marks and over six million dilithium ore between these members. And I've I have friends in other fleets uh, who have four hundred member fleets, about almost five hundred member fleets, and they aren't even close. You know, they maybe they're working on their tier two star base and they've done one or two special projects, but man, we really you know kicked it up this year and and did a lot. So I'm looking forward to next year. Um, I'm looking forward to hosting some of the AIE nomads. Um, getting some folks in there, maybe running some more uh, fleet-type events. I know our one-year anniversary is coming up in February, I believe, I want to say. Oh, um, okay. So, so right yeah, I, yeah, so I'm looking forward to you know having a good 2014. Um, and we, we've kind of put most of the fleet projects on hold as we focus on the Dilithium mine because we have our own Dilithium mine, and as we progress that, it basically lowers the requirements for everything else. Getting up to Tier 3, Starbase, it's pretty decent, and we also have like tier three military, so we have access to fleet ships and some really cool stuff. But as you get into tier four and tier five, the requirements get crazy. So anything we can do to kind of cut down, you know, I think overall we'll get a fifteen percent discount uh, on dilithium and fleet marks, and even just raw materials like things like uh, officers and and torpedoes and things that you need to donate to the projects. So get that stuff out of the way and um, just keep moving along. 
Cool. Yeah, it, it's funny because you said, um, "Oh no, this will be a it'll be a completely crazy amount of stuff." Yeah, because sixty thousand fleet marks isn't a crazy amount of things that you need to spend. <laughs> like, come on now. That's... Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, that's nothing. Oh, yeah, the founding star date is nine zero five nine nine point seven seven. That means don't know what that translates to, to, but I can February. Is that in Fahrenheit? Fahrenheit. <laughs> February. Is that is that in metric or is that like? <laughs> oh. So well, um, I know. There... I remember Daryl had said on on this week in Trek that the original star dates were based off of the original air dates of the episodes, and so that's what that's kind of oh. modeled after. Oh, okay. So if you understand how that works, then you can probably just look at it and glance. And go, oh, that's what it means. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, we have a new expansion, or the Sphere expansion, which has already come out. Uh, what's mm-hmm. uh, there's a new starting mission there? Yeah. Oh, actually, um, yeah. The Federation has the new starting mission. Yep. Uh, just like how the Klingon Defense Force got their massive update, so that their levels one through twenty-five actually have content. Because originally, you couldn't even make a Klingon character until you had a Federation character up to level 25. Right. And then they started, and they pretty much worked like a Death Knight, where they started at that level and then continued on. Well, part of some of the decisions with that were the movies that were coming out, and they had to scrap and change a lot of things to run things out. But pretty much they've backed up and said, okay, let's make the actual content for this to support the players who actually like the Klingon faction in here. So they, when they released the... Um, the Romulus uh, expansion, which added the Romulan faction, uh, they had the they added in the Klingon stuff, so you could actually start at level one as the Klingon faction, and then the Romulans, of course, they started from ground up at level one. But the thing is, is they never they didn't even touch the Federation stuff because it already existed and it was fine. But again, as you see, like with World of Warcraft, as each expansion goes on, some of the old stuff kind of looks, you know, it, you can see mm-hmm. its age. So pretty much, well, it's I, a. I think they also wanted to get away. From, I think they wanted to get away from the tutorial mission of, and a lot of people have mentioned this, like, you're a lieutenant on a ship. You know, the ship's damaged. Kind of, you're the next. You're the next logical choice of command, even though you're young, and they put you in charge. And it's kind of that, you know, it's like Oprah Starfleet. You get a spaceship, and you get a spaceship, <laughs> and you get a spaceship. You know, it's like this weird tutorial where like everybody has <laughs> spaceships all of a sudden. So they kind of revamped it. Yeah, it's pretty much where they start you this time is you start at uh, Starfleet Academy and it's graduation day. Uh, so you have to go through a whole bunch of stuff and you get to meet some people who will eventually become your bridge officers. So you act, so like the Romulan and the Klingon starting experience where you actually get to meet your bridge officers and get to know them and have a personality, now the Federation gets the exact same thing because it used to be that it's like, oh, you're this level. Pick a bridge officer. It's like, um that one, I guess. Yeah. So, so time- that was a huge complaint for me because I, I picked, I, I'm kind of, I was kind of going the sciency route. Whereas like I was going to uh, provide buffs. I believe that's what the science officer does. I don't actually remember. Um, but they were like, Oh, pick one of these. And I was like, Oh, science officer. And then they gave me a choice of ships, which did not have an advanced science officer slot. And mm. I was like, Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's good <laughs> that they're that they're starting to like sort of direct you. Oh, if you're gonna do this, 
pick this direction. That's a good thing because Mm -hmm. I have a really cool ship with a blank advanced slot because I don't actually have anyone to fill that slot. So that, that, that was sort of a, a complaint for me when I was, they weren't really clear on, Hey, if you're doing this, you should do this. Mm-hmm. They they sort of let you go on your own steam, which is great if you already have her playing the game and this is your second character. But if he's your first character, I was a little confused. Yeah. I just picked the uh, the officer that looked the cutest. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, oh, that's yeah. fair. Um, to not go into any spoilers about what exactly happens, they do explain how exactly you eventually become a captain of a ship. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you are familiar with how the military works. The rank captain does mean, you know, is generally who does get to command ships and vessels and things like that. But that's not necessarily who it who holds the the position of captain of that particular ship. Mm-hmm. Um, that is left to whoever's the senior officer. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that doesn't always ha- that won't always happen. Like for example, when you know, say an admiral visits a ship, like you see on Star Trek: The Next Generation, whenever an admiral comes onto the Enterprise. Um, while they will have command over the mission going on, the command of the ship, in case it's something else or outside the mission, still um, is maintained by the actual standing captain of the ship. Right. He is responsible for all the crew, essentially. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. And if it's and if they're doing it the same way as the Klingon and the Romulan one, it'll probably be, you know, um, you'll get introduced to a guy who works as a tactical officer, and then you'll have to do some kind of tactical things. And then you'll get introduced to somebody who's you're an engineer, and, you know, he'll join your crew, and maybe you'll do some engineering things. So they kind of, you know, give you who you need at the time to, to do a couple tutorial bits so you get a feel for what their skills are. Yep. And the Romulans, they have a whole thing of the, as you're escaping, it's here's this ragtag group of people who or going by the skin of their teeth the whole time yeah. that you collect along the as it snowballs away. The Federation, you meet the entire the entire list of bridge officers right Ooh. off the bat, but you you all have like as you're continuing if you're looking at it from a role play perspective, it's like you all have a common upbringing, you all, all have a common thing that brought you all together, but as <laughs> you progress through it, you finally actually have them working with you on a task. Like on this task, the science officer actually helps you on, so now they actually join your roster. Uh, on this okay. thing now you need the engineer to help you. And on this I one, like you that. that that's a good person. idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, Very it's good really idea. nice. I love it a lot. Well, mm-hmm. it, it makes them more than just this is the generic science officer B. Like it yeah. gives them a little personality and a little like it ties them into your crew rather than just like, a generic officer assigned to you. Yeah, I'm jealous of any new alts I make afterwards because my main character, I would love to have those people in my crew. It's like, yeah, these are the people yeah. I had from the beginning. Now, not to say that I don't like my crew because they are people I've had from the beginning. You know, from, Aside from one, um, I've had most of them from the beginning, but it's like I like this relatability of the, you know, these are the people who've been with me oh, the yeah. whole time. When mm-hmm. you give them personalities, they it becomes way more interesting. That's, yeah. I mean, and, that's – And I because think- you can – and because you can go in and adjust the sliders, you can give them a new face, new hair, do new color. You know, basically make them a new person, give them the, the uh, a standard uniform for your crew and stuff, that you can customize them as well. So not I everybody love like, that. Yep. Oh, I lo- Dude, this is great. You have wonderful stats. Let's give you plastic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing we don't do podcasts like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way I look. So I'm loath to even mention this, but on the show notes, there is a section entitled homework 
if one of you could please explain what that could possibly mean for our listeners here. Well, I'll explain it since I wrote it, but it's pretty much these are the episodes that some of them I ref- were references we were talking, but these are the episodes that give a lot of the information oh. related to the stuff we were talking about. Okay. So, um, next so it's a backstory. So mm-hmm. Next Generation Season 2, the episode Contagion, is where you learn about the Iconian tech and the Iconians and their gateways. And when they reference Worf has had experience, that's the episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Next Generation wanna, Season... Rado, do we want to give a spoiler for what it is or who they are? Um, not mm-hmm. terrible, because you'll watch the episode and you'll see it and you'll play the game. And see or if it. you're playing the game, you'll see the visual thing and you're like, oh, that's... Okay, then you'll yep. realize what's going on. Okay, cool. No, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, season three, the best of both worlds. Um, they reference the planet where the Iconian gateway is that is in the Romulan space, at least the current Romulan space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, season six of Next Generation, um, the episodes Relics and Schisms, and they're one right after the other, but the two are not directly, at least not initially directly related. But Relics is where you see a Dyson sphere, plus you can see Scotty. And in schisms, you get to see a race that's in the area that everyone rushes off to to avoid getting crushed by the earthquake. Mm-hmm. So if you've seen that episode, then you get to that mission. It's like, oh, no, it's these guys. Yeah, that's what I was talking <laughs> about. Yeah. You, you, yeah, it's a really good mission because it's just fun. It's, you get to talk to Worf. You get to, you know, and they do callbacks to episodes and stuff. So I love that kind of stuff. All this, t- like, all, awesome. all this content links to the episode because it's it's the, the license through CBS. So it's, it is tied hard into what CBS has. Oh, yes. Fact, and this a is lot canon. Of the content has to. Yeah, a yep. lot of the content has to be hard written off by CBS. So something like they've, like the developers said, like we'd love, you know, we have these things lined up, but we've got to have CBS sign off on it. So the last two pieces of of watching is you'll want to watch Voyager on season three, the episode called Distant Origin, and this is where you see the Voth, and it explains all oh, about, okay. about them. Dinosaurs in space. Yeah, space dinosaurs, yep. folks. Get, why Why else would you want to watch <laughs> this? space dinosaurs. <laughs> With obviously and very... Their ships are huge. Oh, your mind will be blown because you will see one of those massive ships. Like, they beam Voyager onto their ship, and it's like... You, you look at the scale of, oh, Voyager fits in here, and you look yeah. around, it's like, and they could have many more Voyagers in here, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. But you got to consider, like, a T-Rex comfortably fits in these things. Yeah. yeah. So that's the scale they're working with. Um, the final episode you'll want to watch is in season four called The Omega Directive, and it explains the Omega Particles and just what the Federation has as their protocol if an Omega pro- Particle is detected. Okay. So, one of the so great folks, things about uh, go ahead. One of, the, one of the great things about Star Trek Online, they have such a rich history from the hundreds of writers over you know, many, many years that they can draw from to make the game interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and Paramount and, and CBS have made they they have announced anything that happens, like any storylines in Star Trek Online, are canon. So if you are playing this game and they, a storyline is written, that is what they consider to have happened in the Star Trek universe. So it's kind of cool. I'm in not that- so sure on Paramount, however, but I know CBS is listed as the the main. Um, well, Paramount copyright. was the previous owner. They might have sold the rights mm-hmm. to, to CBS, in which case it, Paramount is not, you know, not a uh, a 
uh, license holder anymore, in which case, yeah, CBS is the, well, uh, I know the primary. currently, because this is a major thing that's happened with J.J. Abrams, like Paramount has the movie rights and CBS has the TV show oh, rights. Oh, okay. So that was a massive thing going on there for merchandising. I do know that Paramount has had some okay, I assume, because there are a lot of movie things in this. Like you can have um, Star Trek the Motion Picture uniforms on mm-hmm. like, straight from those. Um, Wrath of Khan uniforms, like how they look there. Those are in there. So does are does that mean it's now canon that they've got starships that only go backwards? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ludra, you're just never gonna live that down. Like, <laughs> hey, you know what? It's okay. It's actually a great story, and if anybody else can relate and is too shy to come forward, well, then there we go. Yeah, I'll let Ludra know. Ludra underscore AIE on Twitter. Like, totally let her know. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah, so well, there we go. I think we're running out of time here. So that's our show for this evening. We want to thank both Captain Hunter and Rado Zada for joining us. Oh, so Rado, where can people find you online if they are looking for uh, more information? Uh, two main areas if you want to see what I'm doing is I'm a writer for a site <laughs> called Across the Board Games. It's over at acrossthebordgames.net. And I write reviews about various games. Uh, they also do stuff about, they try to promote Kickstarter things. Okay. Uh, for other game, you know, other games that are going on there. So if you have, if you know a friend who wants something promoted, nudge me or us. We'll look into it. We'd like to. In fact, there's been one funded game that in their credits it says, you know, as discovered by Across the Board Games in their hmm. um, oh, cool. instructions credits. Cool. Um, I even have a autographed copy of one of the betas to a, a game uh, as you know part of payment. So you can go there to see the. The articles I've written. Uh, most recently, I I just finished an article for a game called Malifaux, where it's pretty much a take Victorian era steampunk and the Wild West and mix it all together. Cool. Okay, cool. And he's also on Twitter at uh, Rado at Radozato. If you are yep. looking for such things, so Captain, how about you? Where can we find you on the net? You can find me on Twitter at Ink Tank underscore studios that's i-n-k-t-a-n-k underscore studios and uh revamping my website so i won't bring that up that's a that's a huge mess right now (laughs) (laughs) fair enough fair enough well like the house you you will probably announce on your twitter feed when it's okay to look at i would i would assume so yeah and i think i mean the link's out there it's you know it's pretty easy to figure out what it is So next week, we will be talking to a special guest we cannot name at this time. It is not Pyramidian, just so everyone knows. It's not Pyramidian. He's too hard to, you know, schedule an interview for. So. Oh, doubt, totally. <laughs> right, Chris, stay tuned. Okay, I can, tell, I can tell you who it is. It's Chris Metzen. Where are my warriors? Are, are, are you going to arrange that? Because we would love to have Chris, yeah. Chris Metzen on the show. That would be awesome. If I can cover I if I can cover up my camera, just do this all day. <laughs> Who's with me, Horde? Yes. Yes, you and the I'll just do my Chris Metzen voice, cover up the camera. You're all set. And you'll we'll be, be totally gagging there. after 20 minutes. <laughs> all right, stay tuned. We've got a full ride of great AIE member segments coming right up, including Hailing Frequencies, Boxley's Journal, Ask Miss Mulgra, Epic Diapers, Overly Dramatic News, and Much Lesser Known Shaws. 
But first, if you need to reach us, our email is at podcast at AIE-guild.org. Our Twitters are at AIE Podcast for the show. Gomez is at Show Not Found. Accuzod is at Accuzod. And I am at Aludra underscore AIE because I have to be different. <laughs> we record live with video every Tuesday. Thursday, not Tuesday, oh my gosh, I just totally threw our whole schedule, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. You can join the chat room and play along with us, or watch one of our past episodes on our website, theaiepodcast.com. Our theme was composed by the amazing Andrew Allen, and you can follow him at Keys with Soul, or visit his website, keyswithsoul.com. Congratulations on being a member of AIE, one of the largest and most fantastic gaming communities on the planet. Now, because AIE is so large, there is a very good chance that one of your fellow members may be living right next door. What if I told you there was a place where all of the information pertinent to you could be accessed in one easy-to-navigate website? A one-stop shop to organize meetups for BlizzCon, DragonCon, Nerdtacular, or even a small get-together at the local pub. Go to www.meetup.com slash alea-eocta dash est dash gaming dash community and register put in your location and you'll have access to all of the latest events that AIE has to offer that's www.meetup.com slash alea dash eocta dash est dash gaming dash community AIE where all the nice people on the internet are Hi, this is Captain Hunter from AIE and Star Trek Online, and hailing frequencies are open. 2013 was a banner year for AIE and Star Trek Online, as the fleet was founded, and in our first year of activity, our fleet of 113 people were able to accomplish what fleets five times their size have not been able to do. Over 60,000 fleet marks and 6 million refined dilithium ore were put into fleet projects consisting of a Tier 3 starbase, an associated fleet projects, an embassy, our own dilithium mine, and every special project that we set our minds to. We saw the addition of a new faction, new ships, and new zones. And 2014 is looking to be a great year for Star Trek Online. Join us and your fellow EIE fleet members in Star Trek Online in 2014, and we'll see you around the spaceways. I find your lack of Buxley disturbing. Welcome to Buxley's Journal. I'm here in Northrend to interview the elusive time-loss proto-drake. Because it's so difficult to find, I've asked the help of a couple of engineers to build a device I have right here. All I have to do is press this button and we'll summon the beast. Here we go. There it is. Oh, uh, can I can I ask you a few interview questions? Sure. You better ask quick though, because there are a lot of people still looking to find me. So, um, what what's it like to be one of the rarest mounts in Azeroth? Well, it makes a guy really nervous. I was talking about this with uh, Baron Rivendell's Death Charger, and uh, he. Oh, for I was right in the middle of an interview. Okay, let's start again. Sorry about that. I didn't realize. Oh, don't worry. It happens a lot. Anyway, I was talking to the Death Charger, and he...
Oh no, not again. Oh, for crying out loud. Oh, okay, let's start over again. I really have to apologize about this. Okay, that's how it's going to be, huh? Okay. Now, really quick. Okay. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Maybe another time. If you'd like to see what I'm up to, follow Ask Buxley on Twitter. Thrumka, and welcome to Ask Miss Mulgra, your source on matters of etiquette in Azeroth. Today's question is, do recent security threats mean I should be worried about my curse client? Because we cannot really ever trust the Alliance, and for that matter, they cannot really trust us, security is something you should always bear in mind as you roam about Azeroth. After all, it can be a bit inconvenient to stand all morning in line at the auction hall only to have some fancy pants 90 human paladin put his sword through your auctioneer. You can bet it is enough to make you want to curse. However, any orc who considers herself a lady should curse daintily and with class. I mean, do not burp while you are cursing. As for clients, I'm not too sure about that. Clients sound like something a goblin lawyer would fawn. <sighs> I am Miss Mulgra, and that is my advice. Akamagosh! Follow at Miss Mulgra on Twitter, or listen to previous episodes at MissMulgra.com. Epic Diapers. My daughter is now eight years old, and although she's been exposed to a little bit of World of Warcraft, I'm now allowing her to dive in deep. She has a level 8 Pandaren Hunter, but wanted to start a Blood Elf Mage to mix it up. Now, Earthen Ring is full of my character, so I put her on another server. But as she was picking her Blood Elf hair color and earrings, it struck me that Blizzard now allows cross-realm mail for account-bound items. We shrieked in joy when I told her that I could give her very powerful gear and that she wouldn't need to replace it until level 80 or 85. I then sent her all of the cloth heirloom items, two trinkets, and a staff. Even as a true noob, she was one-shotting trees, undead, and the lion cubs near Falcon Wing Square. She also has a 55% boost to her leveling experience. So if you have a kid's alt, or an alt of your own on another realm, don't forget to send across those heirlooms. But sorry, you can't send gold. Hey, my wife and I have been hosting a parenting podcast called Kids Are Hard for about three years now, and after a short hiatus for the last few months, we're back with a new episode and we'll have new ones every two weeks or so. So, if you're a parent or you want good birth control if you're not, head on over to kidsarehard.com to find our podcasts and show notes and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at kidsarehard. You can also follow me at Epic Diapers and epicdiapers.com. And remember, it's hard to balance the pew-pew with the poo-poo. Dalaran Doyen deems druids distasteful. It's the overly dramatic news. I'm Hunts the Wind. Lady Jaina Proudmore has long been one of the Alliance's most beloved leaders, known for her kind and nurturing personality. But the obliteration of Theramore has had a profound impact on her nature, which many have noted has turned dark and vengeful. 
This unfortunate transformation was on display two weeks ago when Jaina was interviewed by the magazine Dalaran Quarterly. The DQ reporter asked her what she saw as the greatest threats to the alliance, and she took the opportunity to rail against those night elves that, quote, practiced the druidic lifestyle, unquote, saying that they were not followers of the light. She went on to suggest that their association with their Tauran druid counterparts put their loyalty to the alliance in question. Proudmoore's comments have raised a firestorm of controversy since then. The druids promptly revoked the Kirin Tor's invitation to the upcoming lunar festival ceremonies in Moonglade and encouraged their supporters to boycott all goods from Dalaran. This has infuriated many members of the Church of the Holy Light, who see it as an attempt to punish Proudmoore for speaking out about her religious beliefs. When asked to comment, King Varian responded, quote, Lady Jaina has a right to speak, but so do those who know that Druids are valued and loyal citizens of the Alliance. Freedom of speech does not equal freedom from criticism, unquote. Many were left dissatisfied by his answer, feeling he ducked the question. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind. Greetings, this is Rasklin, presenting another installment of our ongoing informational series, Other, Much Lesser Known Shahs of Pandaria. Tonight, the Shah of Gluttony. This Shah is one of the largest in Pandaria, having for years gorged itself on claxy nectar from the dread wastes, and in fact is no longer able to fit through the entrance to its lair. During the fight, the heroes must maintain a minimum distance from each other, but since this Shah has grown so huge, this is not a problem, even in a 25-man raid. Also, its special ability forces all adventurers to continually eat to keep their health up, lest they waste away and die. So remember to bring lots of food feasts, and this encounter will be a success. The treasure attained after defeating this Shah is a huge chest of what appears to be gold coins, but are actually thin, foil-wrapped slices from the famous chocolate mines of Pandaria. Additionally, after the fight, everyone feels a strong urge to take a nap for a while. We now return to your regularly scheduled raid wipe, already in progress. So until next time, AIE, this is Gomez. This is Aluda. And this is Accuzad. And this has been the AIE Podcast. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!